2: Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff.
5: Boxing with Chris Mannix is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there is a contest for every fan. FanDuel. More ways to win.
1: This is Boxing with Chris Mannix. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony
6: Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andrew Ruiz.
1: Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing.
6: When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris, Chris Mannix. Mannix. All right, are you ready? I'm ready. Any, you know, because we can't start anything till Brian Kenny is ready. That's. Always been. <laughs> when, when, when did that start? I, I mean, it was that. over. It it no, it was it You we were you were affectionately known as the diva of Dizone. <laughs> I didn't. You know, I'm, I'm unaware of all you, these things. Now that I'm not working you, with you, I'm hearing a lot more you now. Please. To, you yeah. know, we, we, really. We had to make sure you were uh, properly prepared on set. That you know the person that kept your uh, what was it the paper in front of you had it set up. So you know whatever instructions were there, like where you were going to go with stuff. Sometimes the paper fell down, and you look at the stage manager and go. I just want I'm, people
5: to do their job, Chris. I thought you'd appreciate that, given your <laughs> working do, class background. I do. I do want people uh, do your job. <laughs> what do you uh, What do you do here? <laughs> any uh,
6: critiques of my scorecard before we start? Just of of which you've, um, you've, have you already scored the main event? I haven't scored what, the main event. Who got seven five? I've always told people. <laughs> I've always always told people that my favorite Brian Kennedy scorecard moments are not when he, you actually question the scorecard. It's what people can't see, which is your your mannerisms when you're doing it it's like yeah. you kind of give a little head tilt sometimes like, huh, interesting that's like, huh, <laughs> right huh.
5: huh i wouldn't have gone that route <laughs> like, no, I, you should know like and, for, and people should know when, i think this is mischaracterized because we we worked with people that thought even I, I think it's because if people aren't ingrained in the boxing culture the way we are and the way i've been for 35 years mm-hmm. I, i've come to this you know epiphany of scoring in boxing that it's even more subjective than we even recognize it to be. So when you say, I gave that round to Ugas, I might just say, hmm, my first thing is, how convinced are you that it's Ugas? Because that's the next thing, because the reason you're being the unofficial judge, or that Marcos Viegas, who does it for us over at Fox now, right. who does a, a, an excellent job, and, and I'll also say, you do an excellent job, but Marcos is just scoring the fight. Right. Yet you're speaking, trying to give um, some context And and usually it's wider context to how the fight was made, what future fights could be made, what's the landscape of the division, and you're scoring the fight at the same time, which is not a great idea, not optimal. It's fine. And all you are is there to tell the viewer the way you think it should go down. And so when you scored uh, any round, I might, I might say, hmm, are you sure about that? Not thinking you're a dummy, but just <laughs> thinking, how convinced are you? And we started, remember, we started doing the yellow shade instead right. of just going a 10-9 round. If, and if you shade, like, three rounds – then you say, hey, you know, I have it this way, 7-5, but you could swing it back for so the other guy wins 8-4, mm. and it's not, oh, they're inept, they're corrupt, oh, more a black guy for boxing. No, mm. stop with that. It's, it's difficult, and again, I'll, I'll bring it back to, you know, uh, the, the first fight that I thought was the, the best example was Delahoya-Mosley 1, or it should be Mosley-Delahoya 1, and... In that fight, remember Oscar was uh, planned an investigation was going to launch it. it was so controversial and we're like that's not controversial. It's close and I know because I went back and I re-scored that fight again and again. Two guys with world-class hand speed clashing at the highest level, extremely competitive. Mm. Two guys will clash and this is to think of Mosley DelaHoya together the first time. They would that was when they were using their feet too. They were moving, moving, moving and then and then they disengage. Mm-hmm. And now, as a judge, what just happened? You know what? You can't count the punches. You can't figure out who got the better of it. They don't know who got the better of it. And then over three minutes, they'll do that 15 to 20 times, mm-hmm. and you're supposed to know exactly who got the better of it. There's so many fights, and that's why we, 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 I've seen some clunkers of scorecards on Fox the last couple of weeks, ter- Yeah, we'll get year. into that. I've yeah. seen some terrible scorecards, and yet I, tr- I think I hope you notice, and I hope people out there notice, I temper my comments, given my experience, to say, okay— did I see something wrong? You know, did you, Chris Mannix, get into a group think with me and Sergio? Did mm-hmm. I do it with Lennox and Joe Goosen? Mm-hmm. Perhaps we convinced ourselves of a certain something, and mm-hmm. those people who are not listening to the broadcast saw it very differently. Were they right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I try not to get nuts. And, mm-hmm. yeah, your scorecard's good, but I said the same thing to Teddy Atlas. You're wat- you know, when I was on ESPN, you're watching, the, you're, you're calling the fight, mm-hmm. and now you're going to score it? It's too difficult. I try not to get too crazy.
6: You went out on top, though. Our last fight working together, I'll, I'll never forget, the first round, you spent about 15 seconds after the first round saying, look like Canelo did what he wanted to do there, yada, yada. Let's check out the scorecard. It was 10-9, Callum Smith. Did you really? First round? <laughs> yes. Good. Did, so and did, you go, so, huh, okay. Huh, interesting. <laughs> interesting. <laughs>
5: interesting. Interesting. Uh, that's, that's not how uh, it happened. But okay. What did I say? Did I, say? I don't know. It was something
6: like, huh, and I just remember starting, because what you don't hear, you, you never hear, is our producer at that time, Dave Harmon, yeah. uh, likes to get in my ear every time you uh, suggest that there's
5: something erratic about my scorecard. Yeah. <laughs> and he'll go, that's one. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, that was, uh, speaking of Dave Harmon, he worked for t- probably 25 years with Harold yeah. Letterman. Harold Letterman was an excellent judge. Brilliant. And yet, um, he, he. of course, we all know Harold through the years on HBO, where you'd say, whoa, you didn't get that one right, yeah. Harold. You can just... You know, kind of either miss it or. Harold loved the aggressors. See, he it, loved different. the aggressors. Yeah, it's. A, so it's, it's, it's not only subjective, which is something we always say. I'm saying what we even. Our, our, our ability to process what happened in the ring and the damage that was done in, you know, or scoring blows in a scoring area is exceedingly difficult because we're doing mental math in our head for three minutes mm-hmm. with high speed data collection in front of us Mm. and what i'm saying is humans are basically incapable of doing it even on like the most controversial scorecards um pacquiao bradley won which everyone thought was the worst decision ever and i did not see it that way Mm. i went back and rescored the fight and i said okay i'm completely comfortable with my card um but there are times where you can look back and go well i'm I didn't know if I'd seen it that way. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to go back and watch uh, Canelo, Calib Smith, Calum, so I can say, "Jesus, what was, out the first what was Mannix doing?" Back out <laughs> or, maybe you're right. or maybe you were right. Maybe we have an expectation, and when and actually, all it comes down to is not who is the who's uh, showing ring generalship and who's owning the geography. Mm-hmm. How many scoring blows are you landing? Yeah. and how much damage are you doing? That's actually what the sport is supposed to be about, yeah. and what the judging come to, comes down to. Completely.
6: All right, Brian Kenny is here, Fox Sports. Fox Sports mm-hmm. pay per view on Saturday. Manny Pacquiao against your Danis Ugas for the welterweight title. Um, we were all kind of excited about Pacquiao-Spence. That was a big deal. Kind yep. of a king-making moment for Spence, last stand for Pacquiao. But this is a real fight. You know, credit to PBC for having Ugas as the co-main event yep. ready to step up. Ugas is a legitimate world champion. He is legitimate top fighter. As you look at this main event, what's the biggest wild card for you? What's the question that you have, the unknown
5: that you're waiting to see play out in the ring? Well, there's a number of things. One is Pacquiao's age, right. obviously, which we, you know, looked like a fate complete two years ago when he fought Thurman, but it was not, right? Mm-hmm. So now we're expecting, oh, okay, so we'll see that version of Pacquiao. Whoa, 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 it's two years later. Maybe we won't. Then again, maybe we will. Maybe he is just more of an ageless guy, and he's defied You know, everything that binds human beings to the earth to this point anyway. So maybe he is kind of that same springy Pacquiao. Freddie Roach seems extremely confident. Pacquiao, I talked to him this week. He seems extremely confident. Maybe they're fooling themselves. Maybe they're not. So that's the first thing, the age. The other part is, right, Ugas is world class, man. And the last three fights he's had, he's fought guys. uh, Was it Mike Dallas was one, right? He's fought guys that I liked, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Abel Ramos, and he's beaten these guys easy. I mean, easy. He is smooth with a double jab. He has real pop. So he's kind of like an Arislandi Lara, right-handed version, with power, mm-hmm. which is a great, great fighter. So uh, that's the, the question is, is he just going to, like, just really a younger guy? He's not that young, but he's much younger than Pacquiao. Um, is his ability to box, uh, you know, will, will that just carry the day? And will Pacquiao actually not be able to solve that puzzle, even regardless of being 42? Very possible. And I think, you know, you're, you're dead on with your sensibility. Once you get past the disappointment of, oh, Spence Pacquiao, that was so great. Mm-hmm. It's okay, he's fighting Ugas. Oh, that's a great fight, and Ugas could win that fight. No question.
6: No question about it. And I I, I believe the age thing is the biggest variable in all this. Two years removed from his last fight, yep. 42 years old. At some point, Father time comes a calling for you. I'm less concerned about the idea of switching from southpaw to orthodox, that thing. It's like when people ask LeBron James about how de- what defenses are throwing at you. You've seen everything. So it's not like
5: something's going to confuse you. He's truly, he's truly not concerned uh, about that. And in fact, this is just more of kind of a, a stable, conventional boxer. Uh, again, I, I thought Manny and Freddie Roach were oddly confident this week. Now it's their job to feel confident. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, what they were, the way they were portraying it and Freddie saying, I think he stops this guy. I'm like, really? Okay, Um, you know, Manny usually doesn't hasn't stopped guys like this for a while, Mm -hmm. not at 147, given that he probably should be fighting at 130, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, so he usually doesn't do that. But they're very confident. But the Ugas I've seen again, he's won 11 of 12 and the one he lost, he probably didn't lose to Sean Porter. And that's Sean Porter, who lost razor close to Errol Spence. And I mean, some people thought he won that fight. Mm -hmm. Right. So Thurman, Porter, Ugas are basically at the same level and maybe that's a hair below Spence and Crawford maybe mm-hmm. maybe not uh, we won't know until we see everybody with a steady diet of each other and mm-hmm. we've only started to see that you know, with Spence fighting Porter which was a barn burner of a mm-hmm. fight
6: does this look it's a better conversation if it was Pacquiao versus Spence but if Pacquiao beats Ugas at 42 as you start to create your mythical pound for pound list of all time like does that elevate him even more in your mind, it, beating a guy like Yodan Ugás, Or do you have to beat Spence to kind of take that big leap
5: to the next level? No, he – he look he, if Pacquiao – Pacquiao is an all-time great, and I don't know where exactly, if he doesn't move up to fight Oscar De La Hoya. Mm. Like, he's, he's there with Eric Morales and Marco Antonio Barrera. Mm. Think of that. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. He's, he's like one of the great, you know, featherweights and junior lightweights of all time. Freddie had a good line to me
6: earlier. Freddie's like – People come up to me and say, I've got the next Manny Pacquiao. There will be no other Manny Pacquiao. The eight... Weight division world champion. Yeah. there will not be another fighter that does that. Are you
5: buying the eight? Like, no, we not do I, I, that. Come how about, on, eight, it's how about eight weight classes? Kind of yeah, moving yeah. up, like, legitimately. You know, yeah, like uh, there, there are weight classes has never been the real champion. But all right, so what? Right? Oh, I'm, no, I'm you, not I, going down this rabbit hole with I, you, Mr. Linial. It's like no, not, I'm not doing no. But it's but you know we what? We did this with Kovalev, Canelo. We're not doing this again. Let me give you an example. All right, here's where here's where you're wrong, and where you know sooner or later you're going to have to assume the responsibility of of keeping things in check. Kenny told me. I'm wrong. This feels oddly like, familiar. Like, like Victor Ortiz now is right. is in there, and it's Victor Ortiz, former welterweight champion. Was Victor Ortiz ever the welterweight champion? Well, he champion? was the WBC champion, wasn't Come on. He was the champion yeah, beat the same, this, yeah, he, he beat Berto for that? Uh, he beat Berto. Think of what you just said. While Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather in, are in the division, well, is he really like the, the welterweight I, champion? No, no.
6: Like, there, you can— but it's hard to kind of say, all right, all right, during the time Pacquiao and Mayweather were in the division
5: not fighting each other, who was the Witch champ? Right, because also Mayweather had—well, if Mayweather had never retired yes. and that sort of thing, it's like, no, 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 he's the champ. I really try to observe— the obvious champ because there are so many things. Look, I can go back to uh, you know Livingstone Bramble and uh, you know Ray Mancini. When what the hell you is know, Livingstone Bramble? Livingstone Bramble. But you, <laughs> back, back in the seventies and eighties, there were two champs like in each division. googling and Livingstone it, and it, Bramble. And it seemed confusing. You don't remember Livingstone? I don't Bramble? remember Livingstone oh Bramble. God. that sounds like a Dickens character. Livingstone Bramble beat Mancini for the okay, lightweight title. Right. And I, I was I, I was in in the in the gym in Catskill with Livingstone Bramble. Like, years later, <laughs> he came in. Yeah, I didn't okay. spar with Bramble. He was in pretty good shape. <laughs> You don't remember Livingstone Bramble? Yeah, look him up. By the way, you know, world champion. But back back in the old days, Chris, there were two champions, and it was hard enough to try to figure out. But at least you could say, hey, while these two guys were, uh, you know, because th- remember, there was a time where in the welterweight division, Delahoya, Whitaker, Ike Corté— uh, who am I missing? All these guys were roaming the same division at the same time, and you're like, okay, can we start fighting each other? And then they did. Mm-hmm. And Oscar actually started that with fighting I Corte. And then it all started. And Felix Trinidad, I'm sorry. So they all started fighting each other. But you could say, all right, these guys are legit champs. But now... We we, freak, we all forget. I can't remember exactly, all right, who did Ortiz beat? Who did Berto beat? But all I know is, like, no, you weren't the champ at the time. Right. So that's why I, I really try to be judicious and spell it out, just like saying, hey, Callum Smith was the Ring Magazine super middleweight champion of the world. He had to earn that through tough fights, real fights. So he's the real champ. Here's Canelo. He wins. He's the champ. Caleb Plant definitely should have a say in it because he's got a belt, just like Anthony Joshua should have a say in it. Hey, I've got these belts. I won them in the ring. My resume is actually better than Tyson Fury, so you can say hey tyson Fury's the heavyweight champion of the mm-hmm. world but anthony joshua has a say but i'm telling you 8 mm-hmm. years from now are we going to remember all this no we will not no, and we fans certainly won't no. so i just try to keep it real and could you know you as some sort of conscience of the sport should be better all right
6: i tried to be a conscience of the sport just this past week i tried to napalm the wba for what they I did i heard i
5: heard that on teddy atlas's podcast yes. so when teddy respects your gangster that's pretty good <laughs> you blew up you blew up the wba I, oh I, my god i thank loaded god. up on
6: both barrels on that one i was uh, prepared
5: you to got go. did you see that fight did you score I, the fight the the, the, the like, I went Fox back fight. and
6: rescored it at like nine three for Fox. God, or, right. It was yeah. It it's was not that r- hard. Ridiculous. Like that's like you sitting there. You called that fight. Like was like, that feels like it was a uh, turning point in a way. Like that that got mainstream attention even. Yeah. And and part of that's because one of the judges was is a racist with some of the racist uh, social media posts she's been putting out there. Uh, but like th- it, it it finally the spotlight was placed. Brightly on the WBA. Now you see them out there, like they're trying to order mandatory, trying to eliminate the interim titles. But they've done this. They're before. covering their ass. They've done what they're you, doing. They're it's trying to avoid lawsuits. Yeah. They're trying, like they they are. They have done this before. I believe six months to a year from now, we're back in the exact same place with that organization. And this right no here, question. I mean, how how do you handle this? This is a WBA title fight. Like
5: how do you handle this? No, this is not for the welterweight championship of the world. And and the, the unfortunate part about having all of these belts, for example, this is a great example of Pacquiao versus Ugas is a great championship level yes. fight. Um, they're both top five welterweights, the deepest division and best division in boxing, and they're top five, right? It's, uh, Spence, Crawford, Pacquiao, Porter, Ugas, and make it six, Keith Thurman. Mm-hmm. So there's a great top six right there. This is a top six fight, top five fight. It's great. But like Pacquiao... You know, also like I think was you know, kind of given the belt and but then he beat Keith Thurman, who had one of those legit belts, was a welterweight champion in the post Mayweather era. See how hard this is to even for us to remember. It's tough. But 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 he beat a legit guy. So Pacquiao having a belt after beating Thurman made sense. Mm. So that you're legit you beat a real guy who's beaten real guys. He beat Porter. Thurman beat Porter. So it's like that that's a real championship belt. But then Ugas wins he did, I called with the fight that he won the regular belt. He won an interim belt. Then it was yeah. the regular belt. And the WBA has a full belt, a regular belt, and then on top a super belt. So come on, man. So Ugas wins a regular belt, and then they elevate him, and they take it from Manny because he hadn't fought in two years, mm-hmm. which is, I, I, in a crazy way, I almost agree with that. You can't keep the title on ice Correct. forever. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like they're making it up as they go along again. Yeah, don't so, elevate the guy. Make him fight somebody
6: for – fight. take those two. Mm-hmm. Take the interim and the regular and have them right. fight – for the actual
5: real title. Right. So, right, I'm, I'm looking at this. It's for a belt. They're talking about it. Is it the. See, I'm even looking at this at the, the top of the, the screen, and I don't think they realize by saying World Welterweight Championship, you're diminishing Errol Spence. Yeah. Spence is he's regarded the, as the number one. Look, and Crawford is still out there. It's like, but he should fight somebody. Yeah. And I know there's political and promotional ramifications. Mm-hmm. So if, he, if Crawford listens to this, he's going to be like, yeah, I'd love to. Mm-hmm. I know you would. Everybody seems to want to, and yet it's very rarely does it actually mm-hmm. happen. At the, so I, I just try to observe to tell fans this is the championship of the world. It's yeah. special. When Joshua was fighting Andy Ruiz, mm-hmm. okay, ding, we're underway. This is the heavyweight championship mm-hmm. of the world. Shouldn't that be special? Shouldn't that mean something? And that's what we try to sell. But over the last 35 years, um, the sanctioning bodies and promotional outlets and TV networks, they all want it. You know, everyone's working for their own short-term interests. Mm-hmm. This is for the championship. It's like, yeah, sort of. Yeah. Like, this is a great fight. It's a, a living legend, obviously. It's a great fight. But is it for the welterweight championship? No. But there was a day where top ten fighters clashing was enough. And it still is enough. To me, it still is enough. I don't need to know, have a specific title on the like, line. Actually, you know, how about um, Crawford versus Ugas? Crawford versus Thurman. That's two versus six. Well, this is, is that great? Yes. This is where I think sanctioning bodies
6: can have such a a positive impact on the sport we're seeing with crawford porter where the wbo says you know you are the two two top guys right we're going to order a purse bid so either make a deal or terrence crawford you're gonna have to give up that belt and crawford's not giving up the belt so they'll have to go to a purse bid and somebody will win the fight and we'll get the Mm. fight we want how do we care what the how the sausage is made we want to see the actual fight and a sanctioning body can be a conduit for that and too often they're trying to be
5: you know as I call it, the WBA, uh, fee gobbling bloodsuckers, yeah. and try to just collect as much money as possible. I don't know if people even realize, probably people who are listening to your podcast know this, but not only then is there four belts per weight class, which are impossible to gather and hold on to, yeah. right? Even Bernard Hopkins, Roy Jones, and Floyd Mayweather eventually start stripping titles, yeah. and next thing you know, um, you know, oh, there's Berto, or there's even Cotto, yeah. like with some spurious belt. And as I told Floyd Mayweather years ago, because when I wasn't observing Floyd's title after he beat Zeb Judah, I was like, no, that ain't the real mm-hmm. welterweight title until you beat Carlos Baldemir. Oh, please, Carlos Baldemir! I'm like, I get it, but he beat Judah, who yeah. beat Sphinx, who beat like that, that's uh, the actual champ. You know, we, you've got to follow that lineage. I know, lineal gets, uh, gets people little... have gone lineal crazy, yes. But but there this has got to be a it's, sem- been, it's been weaponized to a degree, correct? <laughs> well. You know the story behind that, right? I mean, that's when when he signed with ESPN, top-ranking ESPN. Suddenly it was in their interest to say – hey, this guy beat Vladimir Klitschko and he hasn't lost since, which is completely accurate Accurate. and true. But when you start going lineal, 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 and I I called Joe Tess on that when we did the (laughs) dual fight. I (laughs) was like, you guys have gone lineal crazy. Bert Sugar never said lineal this much. (laughs) Suddenly everything is lineal this, lineal But there is some truth to it that, okay, you were the champ. Mm -hmm. You retired or you went away or you had troubles and you went away for three years but you haven't lost in the ring. You have a right to come back and try to create a mandate from the public to say Mm -hmm. I'm still the real champ. And... If if these guys fought each other, you know who we had on uh, last week, Amandus e- e- Stanionis. Yep, Have you, you like him? him. Yeah, oh my god, I yeah. really like. But again, he's climbing up like uh, Virgil Ortiz, yep. who uh, you called his fight last week. Wow, sensational welterweights yep. who are now top ten in this great welterweight mm-hmm. division. Stanionis said, I'd like to fight all the top guys. He said, I don't know why all the top guys aren't fighting each other. And then he said, and on a regular basis, like make it like kind of like fight once, twice, three times. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, but if we did that, Amontes, then the sport would be you know, huge again, and you'd be making uh, a ton of money. We yeah, can't and have and that. We can't have that. I, for some reason, no one just sees the big enough picture of that if the top guys fight around Robin. And we talked yeah. about this. Imagine if Wilder, if, uh, Wilder and Fury had fought each other like, oh, no Wild, I'm sorry, Wilder and Joshua. and Joshua had fought each other when that became big. Yeah. It was ready to go about, what, three years ago? Four, maybe it was four well, years was ago at this they, point? Uh,
6: that uh, was before the Ruiz fight, so 2019.
5: Yeah. It was so hot. It would have been a global monster. Mm-hmm. They could have fought each other three times in a row. Everybody else is on the outside. Tyson Fury's still retired. He's coming back. Fine, Tyson, do whatever you got to do, yep. but you're gone. And now well, they could have fought three times. Then as Fury gets back in, whoever the winner is, they could have fought two, three times mm-hmm. in, in, a, in 18 months. And it would be big business mm-hmm. for everybody. So, yes, it's frustrating to see this for 25 years uh, okay. on a steady basis. <laughs> it occasionally cracks, though, so I'm always hopeful. And as I mentioned, uh, again, for people out there, I'm not, I'm, not just, I'm not talking 1930s here. I'm talking Oscar De La Hoya, Felix Trinidad, Ike Corté. Then um, who am I missing? Uh, Pernell Whitaker, yep. who was well, like an older Pernell Whitaker, but they were all there at 147, and yep. finally everybody started fighting each Moseley, other. Mosley, right around there. And, the, and yep. Shane Mosley then came up. But yeah, that's a mini golden era. Mm-hmm. It's not quite Hagler, Leonard, and, and Hearns, not quite, but it, it's yeah. almost there, and we could have a golden era of boxing right in this I don't division alone. Wait. And, and I don't want to wait, like... Ortiz is kind of like, he
6: wants Terrence Crawford. I get that because he's number one and he's undefeated and he's been fighting. Uh, Golden Boy's done a great job matching him up to this point with, you know, Mean Machine being his last Virgil fight. wants Crawford. Virgil, Virgil wants Crawford. Oof. But, like, if he can't, like, but I mean, at this point, Brian's like, I don't want to see him against another journey. I mean, maybe he's not ready. Maybe he isn't, but mm. it, it's bleeper get off the pot at this point. Um, but I want to see guys like Stanley Onis. I want to see uh, Ortiz. I want to see Boots Ennis. I want to see these guys start fighting each other now. Like, do we have to wait until, like, 30 before that happens? Right. Like, I,
5: um, I think all three of those guys, I, I don't think they're by any means overripe. Um, even Ortiz. How, how old is Ortiz 23. Now? Yeah, he's, they're still really young. In fact, like, see, I, that's what I mean. I'm not saying match, match your, your fighter against the toughest guys every time out. No, no, mm-hmm. we don't want career suicide. We, we don't need you to get beat up. You don't have to bleed for us and get head injuries for us. Do it smartly, but then when you reach the top, when you're top five and you have a belt and there's three other dudes with belts, why don't we all get rich? You know, why yeah. don't we all fight each other? And again, cross over to all those fans that you and I speak to all the time. And again, when, I, when, I, when I'm at MLB Network now or when I was on Sports Center years ago, everybody's a, a boxing fan. Oh, I'm a big boxing fan. Do you watch now? No. Oh, well, you know what I really liked? I liked Sugar Ray Leonard and Marvin Hagler. and but Yeah, of course you did. They always fought. Hagler was a TV star. He fought every three months on HBO. You saw him constantly. You saw Larry Holmes all the time. They became TV stars. Vinny Pazienza got, got the biggest ratings we ever got on Friday Night Fights because he was a brand-name star from the 80s. So even in the 90s, he was still bringing in like 2 million people to see his fights on ESPN on a Friday night. Yep. So become a TV star. Like even I'm going to be doing the uh, – the weigh-in tomorrow with Keith Thurman and Sean Porter. I'm going to be sitting on the mm-hmm. set doing the weigh-in. And my question for Keith is, because I, I said, hey, these guys are top five welterweights, and let's list the top five. And he goes, he goes, hey, why don't you take Porter out and put me in? I went, oh, Keith, apologies. You could be sixth. I said, but Keith, can you fight? Might not even be sixth anymore. Yeah, like, might not. Yeah, might you've not been be. off
6: for two-plus years, and you lost your last fight. and Before that, you were off for another year and a half prior so to like that. So, like, where is he? He's he fought like, three times since 2017. Right. I think I he sh- lost the fire in his and, belly. And, That's and, and, just my opinion. And what's
5: that? I think he lost the fire in his belly a little bit. Maybe. And look at Sean Porter hasn't. No. And yet Porter, uh, you know, has not fought since he fought on our air and he beat. uh, Was it Sebastian Formella? Am I getting the name right? Uh, Formella on our air. No, good. Fight some unbeaten guy from Europe. Cool. Uh, Wipe him out. You outbox him, but you have to get in shape. You have to get and get on TV. Uh, I'd like to see him all the time. Yeah. Like and and we don't. And they're not becoming household names. And these MMA guys are. Yeah. Uh, And the boxing guys aren't. And we're I'll say it again right now welterweight and heavyweight we could be in a golden era of boxing it's no question and canelo weight wherever well, canelo is roaming that's also could that's, be a golden era but that's a good era.
6: transition the other topic i want to hit you on is canelo's become a tv star canelo stays active he's yep. out there he's fighting he's drawing huge crowds he's drawing big ratings and he'll be back uh, in November. You'll be called you. You and Canelo reunited. Oh, I mean, I'm so happy nine you know three that. nine three <laughs> nine three Canelo. 10. I can't say that. <laughs> that that's baseline. That baseline. Was, that <laughs> was our
5: joke because, and actually, there's there's some truth to it in that I like the style of Canelo. and yeah. I judge it. Um, it's pleasing to my eye it aesthetically. Is. You know he's what? a very easy guy to score fights for, though, like, right. for the
6: most part, because his fights, his punches land clean. Like, I know we said this before. Like the Jacobs fight, it was pretty easy to score that right. fight because his punches landed clean.
5: Right. It, he is kind of a jab, right hand, hook to yep. the body, hook to the head, and it is easy to watch. You know who it reminds me of? You know, uh, Marco Antonio Barrera. I already mentioned mm-hmm. his name. A guy who is just fundamentally sound and has sh- straight, hard, crisp punches. That's what I really love. And so I I love Canelo. I'm not saying I pre-score fights, but I have a tendency to get excited about Canelo. And people, oh, he just loves Canelo. And he's paid to, they're telling him, nobody's telling me anything. I like what I see with Canelo. And I think he's been fantastic. I'll throw in something else. We called his fight for DZone together when he went to Madison Square Garden just before Christmas and fought Rocky Fielding. Mm -hmm. And he almost killed him. He cut him in two. So what? Canelo came back. That guy's got a belt. He's from England. He had fought, what, in September. Yep. Right? Golovkin. He fought a war with Golovkin that that September. Right. So, um, no. Yeah. September 2018.
6: September 2018, he fought Golovkin. September 2000, uh, December 2018, he fought Rocky Field. And that was the
5: first zone fight after the HBO contract expired. Oh, okay. So he comes back and fights that fight. So, again, my point is, not everybody, that, when I ask for, hey, round robin, fight the best guys, not, not every time out. No. You, you, you shouldn't put even a world-class champion through that ringer.
6: And Canelo got his, and he got exactly what he deserved with Avni Yildirim back in February. He, that mm-hmm. was between Callum Smith and Billy Joe Saunders. Now he's going into another high-level fight against Caleb Plant. And by the way, like, we can debate whether, you know, the odds of Caleb Plant pulling off an upset, but it's the right fight. Like, this is the fight that needs to happen at 168. When they were mentioning Dimitri Bivol, we both like Dimitri Bivol, talented guy, but that didn't really kind of... Like, I need Dimitri Bivol to get in there in California and fight Gilberto Ramirez and, like, have a war with him. Mm. And the winner of that fight will probably have a good mandate to fight Canelo in early 2022,
5: right? Or if that's uh, if he beats Berbeev and becomes yeah, the either, light either. heavyweight champion of the world, either one. Like if he's sitting there, or if you, if Canelo says, "I'm going to move up and, and fight better biev yeah. the junior, I mean the the light heavyweight champion of the world." That's different. Yeah, but also Bevel is a tough fight yeah. uh, for Canelo because you're also he moving might up have lost it, against the like, big oh, guy. that. it's like, oh god,
6: did you lose a 12 round decision? Like, it, you know, to Bivol? Then it's like, what do you do from there? Like, yeah, you have, you no, have to no, and, and, and people Bivol? don't care. It's, no. it,
5: it should be ripe enough. What I'm saying is. I mean, I have a proper understanding of the business of boxing as well, that you don't go to war every time out. You don't want to wear your guy out. But, you know, fight your big fight. Come back. Fight on TV against someone that you know you're going to beat. Fine, Mm. but you're a TV show. Get back out there. And also, there's something, too, and I mentioned, you know, Sean Porter fighting uh, Sebastian Formella. You have to go through camp. You have to get in shape. You have to show up on fight week. You have to, you know, you have to go through the rounds. You have to go through that whole process. Go and win that fight. Now, boom, now get back into a a top-level fight. So, no, Canelo Plant, look, it's right. He will also then... Be the world champion at 168, Mm -hmm. and this is my, you know, problem with all these splinter belts. You watch what will happen; they'll strip him of one of those belts. He won't be able to satisfy them. He should drop Um, them all, frankly. Like after you win them all, why pay a (laughs) sanctioning fee? Kind of Floyd did that actually. Floyd's a lot bigger than the belts, and he was right. There's only a handful of guys that are like in, you know, heavyweights usually are, uh, but. But I like the guy being the champ, and I like Canelo saying I'd like to truly unify so there going to be no question. be nobody popping up their head like whack-a-mole yeah. going, wait, I'm a, I've got a belt. No, yeah. get no, away. No. Whack. Get away. <laughs> Stop. So, yeah, fantastic. And Plant has a, a, you know, a legitimate gripe to say, wait, you, you, you need to deal with me to be the, the champ mm-hmm. at 168. You've called Plant's,
6: what, last two fights at least? Uh, yeah, maybe three. Three yeah. two or three, yeah.
5: like, do you see a path
6: to victory there? I mean, my biggest issue with Plant is not his skill level; he's tremendously skilled. He's a decorated amateur, all those things. I don't believe you can go from C level opponents to the A level opponent. I think that you know, iron sharpens iron, and he hasn't had that test. Yeah. Even Billy Joe, like, I he he was equally in a way uh, unprepared in terms of resume, but he had David Lemieux and he had a couple other guys that were on there that were B level kind of ish at least. I don't I don't think Caleb Truax. Prepares you no. for Canelo Alvarez, and I think when you get in with this guy, all of a sudden you you see how fast he is, you see how strong he is, you see how smart he is. I mean, yep. you know, Terence Crawford justifiably gets a lot of credit for his mind in the ring, dissecting opponents. Canelo does the exact same thing. Like he's willing to lose rounds just to set you up for what he's going to give you, like he did with Billy yep. Joe Saunders. So he's that's patient. he's right. very patient. Th- that's my biggest question for Plant: Like, do you, do you know the level of guy you're getting in
5: there with? Like. I, I agree with basically everything you said there in that um, there's a there's a, a level of progression that mm-hmm. you need to earn and he was on his way. He was moving up fighting, you know, Uzgadagi and guys like mm-hmm. that. And then um, even when, that fight though, he was losing like the second half of it. Like mm-hmm. he had some trouble in that second half of that fight. It's just and but right, when when that fight even came up with Truax, I thought the same thing. And and if you look Truax's path to that fight is astounding. How he got like a number one ranking? I Talk think about the IBF is making thing.
6: him the number one guy again, or like he's in a position to get the number one ranking again. Wow! It's we the IBF. It. This is the old Emanuel Stewart his line. agent, by the way. Eman- yeah. Emanuel Stewart used to like, like yell at the ibf because they kept making tony thompson klitschko's mandatory yeah. they
5: kept like <laughs> stop giving us tony thompson Listen, I, I you know i've i've kind of forgotten now but i remember truax who's a quality you know boxer yeah, fighter former you champion know, all that stuff. um but, yeah fought at the highest level but his last couple of years like he's had a draw no contest he got sick for a fight that he was supposed to fight and then you know gotten bowed out last minute and he still got a number one and then yeah. got a fight against plant so inexplicable um but you're right plant Um, I know he's had injuries. He's had hand injuries and that sort of thing. But you've got to stay in the game. I don't know how these guys do it. Like even Sean Porter. How do you stay sharp at the top highest level when you're not fighting? Not that long ago. Again, I'm talking in the 90s, in the 80s. Floyd Again, I'll I'll use Floyd because everybody knows Floyd now. Floyd was fighting constantly when he was lightweight champ, when he was junior lightweight champ. He's fighting every three months. You've got to stay sharp. Um uh, Deontay Wilder, like, you know, he comes back and it's like, oh, let me go right into a Fury fight. We're going to be saying the same thing for that. Like, you haven't fought at all in mm-hmm. all this time, and you think you're just going to step to Fury and outbox him and win rounds and, or polax him with your right hand? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you be better served get in there with a guy? And I don't want to say a bum, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Get in there with Stay someone busy. you know you're going to drill. Get your standard former college mm-hmm. football player <laughs> turned boxer. Mm-hmm. Drill him, but go through those motions of tr- of camp Training, showing up the week of the fight, media sessions, every, get your mind set for all of that. Mm. So I agree, w- agree with you with Plant. Um, you know, he was kind of waiting because this is the big Kahuna, right? Mm. But waiting for Canelo and getting that fight is not the same thing as being re- as ready as you can for Canelo, and again, Canelo is peaking. Mm. He's looked fantastic yeah. these last bunch of fights. The way he moved his head against Callum Smith, we called that together. It's mm. like, look at this head movement. Mm-hmm. And then and then he waits and he picks his spots and then he looks like he's just going to chop you in half. Backing
6: down a guy that is five inches, six mm. inches taller than him, yeah. naturally bigger than him, just stalking him around the ring. And Using a tactic I'd never seen before, which is intentionally trying to blow up his bicep.
5: yeah, Like, intentionally hitting and him in the you. arm. Rocky Marciano style, right? Yeah, you'd hit you on the arm and said, eventually that arm will stop working. Like, usually it's accidental, mm. though, if somebody hits you on the arm. This guy's yeah. targeting
6: your arm. Very few fighters are able to do that.
5: Yeah, so I, I, I'm with you on that. It uh, was a
6: strategic yet- decision. Like, I get the, the business side of it, Like right? You want to protect that belt because you know Canelo wants it. So mm. you, hold, you don't fight David Benavidez because you might lose David Benavidez right. and lose $7 million. So I get the business side of it. I just don't go into this fight with a ton of optimism that that plants the guy to shock the world. You know? Right,
5: and you know, to your point, um, let's say he's in a Billy Joe Saunders situation, which mm-hmm. is round five, you're boxing pretty well, mm-hmm. you're moving, you've got to show a lot of respect, but you're moving and maybe you're winning some rounds. Mm-hmm. Now, when you reach back to dig deep mm-hmm. and stay at that work rate, stay busy, and stay on your toes so you're not standing flat-footed in front of Canelo so he chops you in half, do you have that wherewithal and experience to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's difficult to do that without having lived through, uh, again, the wars, right? Iron sharp, sharpens iron. Um, Anthony Joshua, right? We called that fight together against Andy Ruiz, the second fight. You know, I was asking his sparring partners when we were out in Saudi Arabia, can he move and box for 12 rounds? Because I haven't seen that. And they said, yes, he can. Mm-hmm. We saw it. And if you remember, he, we, he not only but look at the resume, look at all the fights that he's had, look at the guys that Joshua has faced, amateur and then pro. He had been through so many wars when he went and dug, you know, he reached back to dig for something in camp sparring a ton. So we lost 11 pounds sparring. Mm. Think of that. He was in sh- he's a body beautiful. He lost 11 pounds from sparring. So when he reached down deep, when Ruiz suddenly threw a combination that, whoops, almost took off my head, mm-hmm. he was still there and then won what we now look at as an easy night, easy decision, but we know not easy, not easy coming back from a loss, not easy losing that weight and being a guy who can box for 12 rounds consistently and get that points win. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Saudi Arabia.
6: That just reminds me of the, fr- the Friday before the fight. Like, I, you walk in that little area that we have at the hotel at outside. AJ, like, I cross paths with him, mm-hmm. and he walks up to me. He's like, hey, man. I'm like, hey. He's like, so how do you think I should fight this guy tomorrow? <laughs> says to me. I'm like, and hey, you know, AJ, like, I think he was actually asking. Like, I, th- I think he was just sort of, like, trying to get a – gather opinions of some kind. I think maybe – I think Ruiz – I think he was pretty nervous about that Ruiz rematch. Oh, there's like, no question. Yeah.
5: There's no, there's no question. But he – that's the template um for coming back. Yeah. He was humiliated at the Garden by Ruiz. We were there. He was embarrassed. It is his US debut. It's his first pro loss and he got beaten down mm-hmm. and it wasn't even a one-shot deal where you could say, "Well, he caught me." No, he caught you 30 times. Mm-hmm. So, that's your fault and he got beaten down and kind of quit. Mm-hmm. And so, remember that aftermath, he stayed in New York. He stayed with friends. He went back in the gym. And started digging immediately and working at it, and then, again, that's my concern with Wilder is that all these excuses, uh, lack of activity, actually, yep. obviously the shutdown from the pandemic didn't sure. help. Sure, affects everybody. Um, but it, it didn't look; it doesn't look good the way he's reacting uh, to things. And in in order to come back and actually win the fight mm. in the ring, you know, it's a humbling sport, and a lot of guys who lose are you know for that first time never quite the same mm. like uh, Ricky Hatton uh, Pacquiao you know he lost to Mayweather lost to Pacquiao and he was just kind of not the same he's a great fighter but mm. it was like man you fought. You, and I remember saying at the time hey Ricky you, you lost to number one and number two in the world mm-hmm. you picked on one and two <laughs> so okay maybe you're only the seventh best fighter mm. in the world. Okay, you can still rule a weight class, but mm. some people don't react well to it. So I wonder, I keep going back to Wilder, but I keep uh, wondering about that. Uh, speaking of which, I'll bring it back to Canelo. Mm. Canelo's lost to Mayweather. The way Canelo conducted himself in the last couple of rounds against Floyd, because you know Floyd will just wear you down and basically break your spirit, yep. did it to Chico Corrales, and then knocked him out. Um, that's what everyone was kind of waiting for. Uh, in that fight against Canelo. Canelo fought hard those last few rounds not to be embarrassed, to say, no, I'm not here to be pot-shotted. Now you have your distance and range, and you're picking me apart, but you're not really hurting me. You can outpoint me, but you're not beating me up. Mm. And that showed me this guy's going to go somewhere. And that loss didn't break him, didn't break his spirit, Mm. and we see what he's become. But it's not easy. It's a psychological game. Mm. It's not easy losing that first one, Mm. and you have to go through an awful lot. So, right, to even bring it back to Caleb Plant, like, you know, it, it's you know if you haven't lived through that, that there's no way of experiencing it, knowing it, mm-hmm. and then having it in your in your arsenal, you know, to dig deep and then suddenly find a way in the later rounds to I'm not withering, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I keep missing this guy's head, mm-hmm. it's exhausting, and yet I'm gonna stay in this fight and maybe I find a you way. You know what he
6: needed? He needed an in between fight against a Mexican. At 168 pounds that we both know that is looking for one more fight that Sergio. is over the age of 40. <laughs> Sergio Mora, Sergio. the return of the Latin Ser- snake. Sergio. Sergio, who is retired until you throw a number at him that will make him come out of
5: retire. We already know what that number is. There needs to be seven of them, and then he's back. I don't think there needs to be seven, seven of them. I think,
6: I think low <laughs> six might get, him, uh, might get him back in the gym.
5: Right, and to your point, right, you need to fight a guy, um, a cutie pie. Ooh, that's Sergi- that would that Sergio. Sergi- Sergio is a cutie pie. Sergio knows how to box. Again, yeah. and I, this is our former comrade. And when you give him a hard time, I say, "Well, this guy beat Vernon Forrest." So, like <laughs> that, I said, time. "Sergio, tell him you beat Vernon Forrest, who beat Mosley twice, who beat De La Hoya twice. Like, tell him that." You, you just people get- reply to like
6: the stuff I do say. Half the stuff I don't say is way worse. <laughs> like, it's just or you say off camera. There, there's it no. But terrible. even like, sometimes <laughs> he'll be like, you know, he'll be talking about Virgil Ortiz last fight. He's like, "This is what happens when you're a power puncher." And I just this party wants to go. How would you know? <laughs> Right, but right. that is Save the type, for the TV That's show. The
5: guy that you fight because the guy is also the guy knows how to box and he has experience and if you're not at the top of your game that guy will outpoint yep. you uh, paulie malignaggi same sort of thing Can't cutie they? pie that guy will outpoint you if you're not on your game so yep. Right, again, this, the theme now get back in the ring, go through the training camp, have to plan, have to plot, have to strategize, get in shape, make weight, show up at the fight, travel, go through the media sessions, go lot. through the way and boom, blah, blah. It's an event, it, it, it just builds that experience to the point where, and being sitting here in the Grand Garden Arena, I'm reminded of many of the lessons I've learned from Floyd Mayweather. And Floyd eventually got to the point where he was just a machine on Big Fight Week. And he would come up and he would say, The key to the big fight is to is is your composure. You saw Floyd on a big fight week used the least amount of energy possible. Mm-hmm. He didn't push and shove people, he didn't go crazy. Oh, maybe he does now because it hypes fights and he's fighting YouTube guys anyway. Yeah. But at the time when he was fighting the best of the best, mm-hmm. he would come in and know, this guy's using energy, mm-hmm. this guy's excited, this guy's got all his friends with him, this guy's got every this guy's pumping himself up and yelling at me and cursing me out. I'm not all I'm doing is executing my game plan that I did in the gym for the past three months with my Uncle Roger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, was, that was his mantra. But it was like, go out, execute the game plan. It's, it's very much a craft and a sport and a mind game. And he had mastered it. Mm-hmm. So, again, I, I keep using Floyd just as the template saying, you want to follow a path to success? Follow that path. Stay, stay locked in with your business. And when you get into the
6: ring and that fight with Canelo and Plant, probably here at the Grand Garden Arena, based on some of the logistics, I don't think the other venues are available – that night, 17,000 strong, mostly Canelo fans, probably 95% Canelo fans. That's going to be an atmosphere, man. That's going to be...
5: I tell you, it, it also, it's, it's draining. You will see many times in a big fight, um, the big fighter, um, the, oh, the, the opponent, by the third round, suddenly it's like, wow, where's his legs? Mm-hmm. His zip isn't there because he used his energy during the week, mm-hmm. used your energy at the weigh-in. I saw, I'll give you an example, Lennox Lewis, Michael Grant... Grant was yelling, and, I, was at, I was at the uh, the press conference, Grant is yelling at Lennox, and he's screaming, he's like, this is my time, blah, 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 blah. and Lennox is just sitting there looking at him going, okay, 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 waited, and then he drilled Grant. Grant used all his energy, but I'm saying it's a natural human reaction. You get into the big fight, and the top guys will tell you, the big fight, the mega fight is different, and Plant will be suddenly hit with all of these media requests, and um, friend requests and ticket requests and everything, and even though he can insulate himself you know and have his wife taking care of things and his camp taking care of things, and yeah he's, he 's he's not an, an, a guy who uh, has a traveling circus, and yet it will test him in a way he 's never been tested. You know the um, the cauldron of being here in this rare air there's a price to be paid whereas Canelo will be up in that suite that we visited shooting some pool with mm-hmm. his guys completely relaxed completely in that nice white he's not, sweatsuit he's now you know? in pajamas <laughs> at all
6: times now I mean that that just tells you <laughs> Everything you need to know about Canelo's mindset. He doesn't get out of
5: pajamas all week. Right. So you, but that's it. Conserve, he, he learned those lessons, too. Conserve mm-hmm. your energy. Mm-hmm. So it will be difficult. You get into the big fight. It's tough. Again, look at Pacquiao. You've never seen a less threatening guy no. in fight week than Pacquiao. And yet it goes ding on a Saturday night, and it's war. Mm-hmm. He's the best example, I think, of a professional prize fighter in that way. Like We were talking about the weigh-in tomorrow because I'm going to be part of the team for Fox uh, that will have it on live. And, uh, you know, I, I want to ask, like, Keith Thurman, what is it like to be at the weigh-in? And you see this little guy who's totally non-threatening. Mm-hmm. He's not even tense. Like, his shoulders aren't tense. He's not puffing up, going, oh, I'm so bad. He's just kind of smiling. I saw like
6: Ugas at the press you conference know, the other day where he's got a stone face. Packers look at the camera. Big smile. He's yeah. having a
5: beer. He's like, hey. He's chilled out. 42, you, just hanging out. Showing, you know, and, right, wasting no energy whatsoever. And then the bell rings, and it's war. Mm-hmm. Save it for the ring. The only thing that matters is how do you box on Saturday night?
6: Mm. Well, I think the winner should face uh, Lovebridge McBride. What was his name? Who was the guy you just made up, the fictional fighter from... <laughs> Livingstone Bramble Living was the Bramble. lightweight
5: champion of the world. Show some respect. Oh, my God. <laughs> Livingstone Bramble is alive. Shout out to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he might be, out, might be outside at one of the tables. Be careful. <laughs> Brian <laughs>
6: Kenny will be on the call. Fox pay-per-view. Manny Pacquiao, Danis Ugas. Always good to catch up, man. Thanks, Chris. Take care. <laughs>
1: Boxing legend Manny Pacquiao returns to the ring this Saturday for the first time in two years, and FanDuel Sportsbook's given new customers exclusive 30-to-1 odds on either fighter to win when he takes on your Denis Ugas. That's right. Now's the perfect time. Give FanDuel a shot. You can win $150 on a $5 bet. FanDuel's always looking for ways to hook you up, exclusive odds boosts, Promotion, so much more. That's why they're America's number one sports book. It's why it's the sports book I use. Don't miss out. Your chance to win 150 bones on a $5 bet when Manny Pacquiao returns to the ring against your Denise Ugas. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, sign up. Promo code's Colin. Promo code is always Colin to get in on the action promo code collins c-o-l-i-n 21 plus and present in colorado indiana or new jersey must wager in designated offer market ten dollars first deposit required 150 max bonus see full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com gaming problem call 1-800-522-4700 in colorado 1-800-9-with-it in indiana and 1-800-gambler in jersey this is it we've got an amex platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen
2: Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Uh, so, Manny, it will be Ugas, not Spence. You go from Southpaw to Orthodox. One of the biggest fights of the year turns into a pretty good one, but not the fight you were kind of looking for. How are you feeling about all these changes in the last couple of days?
0: I feel um, okay. I'm ready to fight. I'm excited for uh, this uh, opponent, August. He's the one who uh, took my belt. Uh, the WWE we gave it to him. We are going to see it down in the ring.
6: Was it a big shock to you to hear Spence had to pull out?
0: Yeah, but I'm It's kind of disappointed. But uh, health is the most important thing. So I'm praying for him for... Fast recovery, but Erospin. I hope that his operation is uh, doing well.
6: So, when you make a change from one fighter to another, who have different styles, what changes for you in your training camp?
0: Uh, for this uh, new opponent, uh, totally change our um, style, change our plan, because uh, we're fighting a uh, right-handed. So, but it, uh, it's not. It's not hard for me to, to to change in the in our strategy because uh, I've been fighting a right-handed.
6: So when you look at, you know, this is your first fight in over two years. At any point in the last two years, did you think that maybe you were done with boxing?
0: Mm, based on my condition and my my feelings, uh, I, I can I feel like I can still fight. I mean, uh, I work out and. Boxing is my passion, so I just believe that I can fight.
6: Why did you want to fight? Because you're a guy that your legacy is secure. You're a first ballot Hall of Famer whenever you decide to retire. Why do you want to keep fighting?
0: Because boxing is my passion. I love doing this and happy doing this. I'm enjoying uh, do- doing this. I mean, uh, I'm enjoying uh, to have training camp and discipline yourself. Uh, preparing for the fight like this.
6: You know, we've heard, Manny, over the last couple of years about different fighters that you might fight, whether it was Mikey Garcia or Terrence Crawford. Um, why didn't any of those fights happen for you over the last couple of years?
0: Um, I think it's something uh, wrong with the uh, talks and negotiation um, about how to uh, to deal with So sometimes it happened that way.
6: When you look at this coming fight, um, is it possible this could be your last fight?
0: It could be, or there more. Uh, like I said, one at a time. Uh, because of my age, um, I can I can uh, retire time, But uh, like I said, I'm enjoying doing this. Uh, boxing is my passion, and happy doing this, giving inspiration to the boxing fans, especially the Filipino people.
6: You mentioned those Filipino people. Um, I think a lot of people are expecting you to run for president of the Philippines sometime next year. A spokesman for you even said last month that you would probably do that. Do you plan on doing that?
0: I'm a politician, so everything can happen. But uh, right now, uh, I'm focused on uh, August 21. So after that, we can uh, talk about politics.
6: What are the best and worst parts about being a politician?
0: Uh, the best is um, happy helping the people. And the worst is um, there's a people that are uh, trying to ruin your name and make a fabricated story to just to, um, you know, they're pulling you down.
6: Yeah, you've seen some of the nasty side of politics over the last year. What's that been like?
0: There's uh, so many um, evil people that trying to make a fabricated story to put you down and grab you down. But as long as you're in the right path, protecting the people, fighting for the people, then you have nothing to worry about. You are
6: ready for it maybe to get even nastier as your political career goes forward?
0: Oh, like um, I'm a pi a fighter outside and in, inside and outside the ring. So, and I always be a fighter.
6: I want to ask you, Manny, about you and Freddie. You've been together for most of the last 20 years. As you come towards, towards the end of your career, what is that relationship with Freddie meant to you?
0: Freddie and I, we uh, we're not like a. We're not only like a boxer or a trainer. We're, we're friends, we're family, or uh, best friend like that.
6: What's the most important thing he did for you, the biggest thing he did for you as a trainer?
0: Um, teamwork, like that. Teamwork. Good guy, friendly. I don't build our relationship. Uh, not only a boxer or in a trainer, but also a, uh, like a friend, uh, best friend.
6: When you look back at those early years with him, I mean, what kind of differences did he make in your fighting style?
0: There's a lot. There is a lot. Um, especially uh, moving around and timing like that. Um, those are uh, the counterpan
6: You know, when you left Freddie, everybody knows it for just one fight a couple of years ago. But for the most part, you've stuck with him through good times and bad. Why, why have you always kind of found your way back to Freddie every single fight?
0: Oh we didn't uh we never leave Freddy. Uh we just uh it just happened that I trained in the Philippines and uh I told him that uh Bobo will taking care of that um for this for this I said for this fight only.
6: You know when you look around boxing, you see fighters change trainers two, three, four, five times sometimes in their careers. What do you think about when you see that when you've really had one guy for most of yours.
0: It means uh <laughs> I'm 61. one.
6: <laughs> Is it I mean, do you think it, it, it's made a difference for you having just one voice for most of those years?
0: Yeah, I, I don't want to uh changing keep changing uh uh coaching coaching staff and trainer like that. It uh, it it depends on you as a boxer. It depends on you how to prepare yourself prepare yourself in in a fight. And also how you train hard, how you Make plans, how you do techniques. Uh, the trainer also can, can contribute that. So um, you, you have to, you have to uh, uh, stand on your own feet and make thinking and plan.
6: What's one thing you and Freddie have in common outside of boxing? Um, easy
0: to understand. Mm. Understanding each other.
6: Well, Manny, good luck to you on uh, August 21st. I know it's been a busy week. Change of opponents, different training, kind of training camp camp. Good to talk to you, man. Thanks for joining me.
0: All right. Thank you.
2: It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff.